Vaclav Havel, Vaclav Havel, the former Czech president, the first president of the Czech Republic after communism fell, said, the pursuit of the good life will not help humanity save itself, nor is democracy alone enough. A turning to and the seeking of God is needed. He then said, the human race, though, is con constantly forgets that he is not God. Christmas is a season of reminders. Last week we looked at the reminder of the fact that we can trust the promise due to the fact that Jesus came the first time. We can trust in the promise that he will indeed come the second time. Oftentimes the reminders of Christmas come through various symbols, the, the trappings of, of Christmas that are around us. One of my favorite activities as a child and still is actually to this day, was to drive through different neighborhoods looking for the best Christmas light displays, looking for that house that was just amazing. When we were living in Southern California as a kid, uh, we found a couple of streets in the city of Moreno Valley, for those of you that have been to California know that area. And we would go there year after year and drive, and you'd park your car, and you'd walk down these streets of these Amazing lights in short sleeve shirts sometimes and shorts in December. It's quite amazing. Christine and I still, to this day, try to find a place in which we can take the boys to go look at the lights each and every year. We were talking about it, in fact, just last night. Lights are beautiful on dark December nights. Lights are glorious. The lights serve as entertainment for the most part within our modern culture. The new thing is to watch the lights dance to, to various music. People have their lights programmed so that you can put the radio on even in your car and sit outside a house and watch lights dance around and do all these things. Or sometimes you'll stand in front of the house and there's music emanating out of the yard somewhere and the lights are dancing and, and Rudolph's nose is blinking every now and then. But maybe for a moment we can think about the idea of light within the context of the Christian narrative of Christmas. In Matthew, a light was the guide for secular pagans to search for and discover the Messiah. Now Jesus, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star his light when it rose and have come to worship him. In Luke, the bright and glorious illumination of the night sky with heavenly angels was the guide for nomadic shepherds to search for and discover the Messiah. And in the same region, Luke chapter uh, 2, and in the same region there were shepherds out in the flock keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, and you'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger." And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, a great light, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. 
When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has, been made, has made known to us. Both the affluent wise men and probably the not-so-affluent shepherds were led to Jesus by lights. By lights. Again, President Havel's quote, The pursuit of the good life will not help humanity save itself, nor is democracy alone enough. A turning to and seeking of God is needed. Yet the human race constantly forgets that he is not God. I believe we as a human race are still very prone to forget that we are not God. We are prone to forget that we are not God. No, if we believe that there is a God, now, if we believe there is a God, we probably don't forget it intellectually. But in many ways in our lives, we forget it practically, that there is a God. We forget that humanity and that, and that humans uh, and, and, and things that are made by humans will not save us. We, we forget that the systems of humanity and the, the trappings of humanity will not save us. We forget that, that the only salvation comes from turning to and seeking the God of light. Why do we forget this? Why do we forget this? We forget it for a number of reasons. We forget it because of busyness. We forget it because of familiarity. I mean, the Christmas story is known by, even the Christmas story of the little Jesus is known by heathen and saint alike. We forget it because of despair. We get, forget it because of anger. We forget that a turning to and a seeking of God is what is needed. We forget it because of an abundance of comfort in things as they are. But Christmas is a season, and this may surprise some of us, this well-illuminated season is not simply a reminder of is not actually a reminder of the brightness of this world. It's not a reminder purely of the peace of this world or the things of this world. This season reminds us, in fact, the exact opposite. This season reminds us that this world is a very, very dark place. This season reminds us that the world is lacking in peace. This season reminds us that the world is dark, it lacks peace, and that the world is still in need of a savior. And the only thing that overcomes darkness is light. But not the light of humanity, not the light of politicians, not the light of money, not the light of decorations, not the light of of. of, of, of the beauty even of nature, but the light of the Savior. In the book of Isaiah chapter nine and verse two from one of our readings earlier, there is a beautiful prophecy of Jesus' first advent. And it says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. 
Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2. Matthew quotes this exact same text in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 16 when he is speaking of Jesus. But why did Isaiah need to share this promise with the people? Why did Isaiah need to, to let the people know, the people of his day know, that, that, that there would be a light? Why did Matthew need to share this promise with the people of his day, that there would be a light? Because both in the days of Isaiah and in the days of Matthew, people were struggling with the darkness of the world around them, and they were looking in the wrong place for their help. They were struggling with darkness, and they were looking in the wrong place for their light. If you look at chapter Isaiah chapter 8, beginning in verse 19, Isaiah chapter 8, beginning in verse 19, Isaiah writes, And when they say to you, inquire of the mediums and the neochromancers who chirp and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Shouldn't they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? To the teaching and to the testimony, if they will not speak according to this word, it is because they have no dawn or they have no light. They will pass through the land greatly distressed and hungry. This is speaking of the people in Isaiah's day, even the people within uh, Israel. They will pass through the land greatly distressed and hungry. And when they are hungry, they will be enraged and will speak contemptuously against their king and against their God. And they will turn their faces upward. And they will look to the earth. But behold, distress, darkness, the gloom of anguish, anguish, and they will be thrust into thick darkness. The people in the world in the days of Isaiah were looking for help from mediums. From, from, from those they believed could give them some sort of insight, their fellow humans around them. They were greatly distressed, the Bible tells us. They were hungry, and they looked to the earth. They blamed God, and then they looked to the earth for their light. And the Bible says they looked to the earth for help, but what did they find when they looked around them from help to the earth for help? The Bible tells us all they found was more distress and more darkness. And what did it do? When they looked around them for light and all they found was more darkness, it thrust them then even into even thicker and greater darkness. That is what happens whenever we look for light outside of the one true source, we find ourselves being thrust into even greater darkness. In the days of Matthew, when he referenced Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2 and spoke of the light that had come to drive out the darkness, speaking of Jesus, why did he need to write that then to those people in the days of Matthew? At the season of Jesus' first coming, there was extreme violence in the, in the world. There was homelessness. There was a lack of equality between males and females. There was injustice. There were refugees fleeing oppression. The world was dark. There was spiritual darkness. There had not been a message from a prophet in a long time. Does it sound any different than our world right now? And the people were looking for something to drive out the darkness and there was no answer in the world. They, need, they needed Jesus. In fact, the Bible tells us that even when the light came into the world, the world did not recognize it. They were so busy looking for light in their own darkness. They needed Jesus. Can we move off of speaking, though, corporately and, and of Israel and of the days of Matthew? 
and look at our world for a moment and look in our own lives and, and in our own hearts. Is there any darkness in your life? Is there any struggles that you are having? Is there any darkness in your heart? Is there any darkness in your thoughts? Is there a darkness of hurt? Physical hurt? Emotional hurt? Spiritual hurt? Do you long for that darkness to go away? In this season of an abundance of lights, where the main decoration is lights, up here on our platform, it's so beautiful. We're grateful to the Brockets for the light that they've put on our platform and these trees. But in this season of abundance of light and this Sabbath, as we sing about and speak of the one true light, Jesus Christ, maybe we can be reminded just that just as the world was dark in the days of Isaiah, just as the world was dark in the days when Jesus was born, that the world is still dark. And if you are looking for a way out of that darkness, if you look in this world, you will not find it. The only way out, the only way out of the darkness, the only way to overcome the darkness is to experience the one true light, Jesus Christ. John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. In him, speaking of Jesus, was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Present tense. The darkness has not overcome it. Even to this day, the darkness still cannot overcome the light of Jesus Christ. The world is a dark place, Tim Keller said, and we will never find our way or see reality unless Jesus is our light. And so today, my brothers and sisters, in this dark world, I hope that each one of us will stop looking for light in the world, but instead will lift our eyes to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, embrace the one true light that darkness cannot drive out and see our lives transformed.